Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Hyundai's just coming off a record year. Sunbury Motors, big reason why. Pre-owned inventory, fabulous. Wide selection, Sunbury Motors guarantee. Very important. Sales staff that works with you, great people over there. All right. Sure, do they want to make the sale? Yeah, but they know they're not going to sit down and sell you something that doesn't fit your budget, so they want to work with you. They're just good people. And also a fabulous service department that backs up everything. Anything that's difficult, they can take care of. Routine, they're on top of it for the life of the vehicle. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. We had a choice on the play-by-play call of the day. We could have picked something from the Michigan State-Indiana game, but there were no highlights. So we decided to go with Baylor and West Virginia because that was high-level hoops at 20 paces last night. Baylor in overtime. Late goes ahead. All season, and they're playing like it. One minute to go in overtime. Taking his man is Davion Mitchell. Take him. Take him. Watch Mitchell. This is Mitchell. I mean, this is he's been doing this all year. That is uh, Bob Wischusen on the play-by-play, and the last voice you heard will be on our show tomorrow. Fran Frischilla on ESPN last night as Baylor in overtime finally seemed to get their sea legs back, and they beat West Virginia in a game that was just back and forth and high-level hoops. Michigan and Illinois was stunning in that Michigan which has been great all year. Look, this is what you worry about in the NCAA tournament. You worry about, first of all, let's give Illinois credit. They played great last night. Coburn was terrific. Trent Frazier was terrific last night. So give them credit they won. But the fact that such a wide margin means that your team, Michigan, turned in a stinker last night. That's what you worry about, Right? Uh, I always, that's why I always love when I hear people talk about it's the scheme, it's coaching. You know, I make fun of that all the time because you know, it's it's the buzzword. Guess what? Juwan Howard didn't change his scheme last night. He didn't change how he coached the game last night. Guess what? His team flat out didn't have it last night. And it, there are nights when eighteen to twenty-three year olds. On a basketball court or a football field, for whatever reason, just don't have it. They didn't move the ball last night like they normally do. They were a step slow defensively, which they haven't been all year. And that's what you worry about in the NCAA tournament. You you have to play six of these. What happens in game three that you don't have it? you're You're obviously at that point, you're in the Sweet 16, so you're playing a good team. If you don't have it, the good team's going to clock you and move on. In Michigan last night, that's a perfect example of what I talked about earlier in the week, when you just 
don't have it. And that happens sometimes. And it's something that oh, there's that's something that there are some people that can't accept that. And they're like, well, no, it's impossible. No, it's got to be the scheme. It's got to be the code. No, sometimes like you just don't have it that day. And nobody can explain it. Nobody. And I've been around it forever. There's somebody you look at, I don't get what just happened. All right. Let's uh, check in now. Ben Jones, statecollege.com. Penn State plays Minnesota tonight. We'll have it for you here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, beginning at 6.30. Ben, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Start with the five seniors tonight. John Harrod, Jamari Wheeler, Trent Buttrick, Taylor Nussbaum, Kyle McCloskey. Uh, obviously, they've been through a lot here and a lot of success as well. What do you think they have meant to the program? I think, you know, those are the kinds of guys that, you know, you can talk about the, the, the flashy players, the Lamar Stevens, the Tony Cars, the, the guys that have come and gone over the last 10 years, but I think you really build a program or try and build a program with some of these heart and soul sorts of guys. And I think John Hara and Jamari Wheeler have been a great example of that. Jamari, you know, has been that sort of feisty Defender and, and to his credit this year, he has really found his offensive game. And John Hara, I don't think that you can say enough good things about uh, the effort he has put forth this year in particular, but really every time that he has taken the floor, you go back all the way back to Penn State's NIT uh, title win when Mike Watkins got hurt and John came in for the last part of that year. Um, but I think those other guys that, that have not played as much, or even Trent Buttrick, who has done uh, you know, pretty well for himself at times this year when called on. I think all of those guys, you know, you talk about locker room people and sometimes that gets thrown in there as coach speak or something that people don't take seriously, but it is really important to have those guys as part of your program. So I think, you know, Jamari and John sort of get the headlines here, but really all five of those guys in their own way um, have, have been a big part of the success Penn they've been able to have over the last few years. And then there's other guys as well. Kyle McCloskey, Trent Buttrick, Taylor Nussbaum. They can't be left out of any conversation because in a team sport, team means everybody, and these guys have made their contributions. Yeah, I mean, you know, we hear every once in a while over the years these stories of Kyle, uh, you know, giving guys buckets, or Trent Buttrick is certainly, you know, probably just, you know, wrong place on the wrong time in terms of the number of guys that were in front of him, but has been a constant practice presence but you're you're absolutely right you're only as good as the guys you practice against you're only as good as the locker room that you have and I think you know you can look at the starting five you can look at the guys that come off the bench and give you meaningful minutes but really it's those guys at the end of the bench and I think this year of all years has been a good example of you know with no fans in the stands and, and very few family members or anybody looking it's really been those benches that have been you know the energy boost at times and, and certainly Penn State has been as active as any, and, and that's a credit to those guys who, you know, even though maybe they don't play a whole lot, um, they're still invested and still a part of that team just as much as anybody. All right, so you've looked at how this team has played. Um, now, Dick and I made the observation during the game Friday night because they played Thursday, they played on the road Sunday, they played on the road Tuesday. We thought that in the first half of the game, and Jim had mentioned the, to us in the postgame show on Tuesday when they won, that he thought his team was tired. Did you think they looked tired Friday night? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's that time of year where you have 
you know, the schedule maybe doesn't work out in, in a favorable way, and not to mention the fact the amount of work these guys put in away from, you know, the games themselves. I think there are those games over the course of the year where you go, man, these guys just look tired. I thought they had a few early in the year, not early, early in the year, but when they had some busier stretches, and then you're right, you know, they're traveling, they're getting up early for testing, all the things they've got to do. Um, you know, you figured sooner or later the bill was going to come due for a game where they look tired, and I, I think that was probably – you know, there's a lot of reasons why they lost, but at the end of the day, if your legs aren't yeah. in it, uh, it's difficult to win a basketball game. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons why. I mean, but that was, I thought, was one of them because, look, just by luck of the draw, because personal opinion, I think the Big Ten has done a marvelous job of rescheduling games. I mean, I mean, on the fly, I think they've done a great job. And so the, the Nebraska game, which they won, was thrown in into the mix because they were out at Iowa at the time. By luck of the draw, Purdue had a week off. Uh, and I think I think you know in some part of that game it meant something. Oh, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you know, and I, I agree that the Big Ten has done a good job of kind of doing all of this on the fly, like you said. But there are there are those moments for everybody all year where you know Penn State's had four days off, and Ohio State or some other team has played you know basically back to back games or something like that. You know, so you 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 take a team that's traveled a whole bunch played a bunch of games you put them up against a team that's had a week to to practice to rest um you know those things are kind of going to go in the direction that they went in, in that game all right here's one for you in fast break points penn state's had more fast break points than the opponent this year believe it or not penn state's had more second chance points than the opponent this year penn state's had more points off of turnovers than the opponent this year but points in the paint they're down they're like a minus 200 this year <laughs> Which is not going into the season. We all knew that that was going to be an issue, Ben. So that's not that's this is not a surprise. But in the end, what has it meant to the record? Yeah, I mean, I think you know it, it's sort of it's twofold because on the one hand, you know, we know that Penn State likes to be that sort of fast, athletic team that will score those second chance points or score in transition and fast break, and that all makes sense. But you're exactly right that um, you know we knew going into the year that they were going to have some issues on to a certain extent on both ends of the floor in the paint and that has sort of showed itself for as good as John Hare has played pretty much all year in terms of effort and energy and really to his credit a lot of the performances he has put in but it does go to the other side of this coin which is you know at their best Penn State shoots the ball as good as anybody at their worst they have an issue when it comes to answering that issue in the paint which is you know if you make your threes then that's three points and they've just scored two and now you are plus one in that particular exchange um, you know, Penn State, when it shoots well, can make up for that. But in the games where it doesn't shoot as well as it would like, and there have been, you know, probably more than a few of those this year, especially from outside, um, you get into a situation where, um, you know, you have a pretty glaring weakness and you don't really have your answer for that uh, hitting on all cylinders. So I think, you know, to Penn State's credit, we say all of this and pretty much every game has been close. Um, so even in the games where they've shot cold, and to a certain extent that might <laughs> keep them up at night later because if they just shot a little bit better they'd done everything else well enough but you know end of the day if you're giving up baskets in close you, you know you're not going to win a lot of games ben this will be a hard question to answer but i just want to get your thoughts on it why is it the big man has such a presence in the college game you know garza coburn we can go through the long list in the big 10 of really good big men but it doesn't translate in the nba anymore anymore because yeah. I mean, it hasn't really since Shaq. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question because you've even seen this year that, you know, Jokic and, and Joel Embiid have really been the two guys that have kind of been a sort of a renaissance of the big man. But even they, you know, they both shoot threes, they both pass it well, 
they both do other things. I think it's a good question. I think probably, um, you know, the game is just different. I think when, you know, you're in the NBA and everyone is transitioning to shooting threes, you can go and find a couple hundred of the best shooters in the world. Um, whereas, you know, maybe at, you know, Slippery Rock or somewhere like that, I shouldn't have picked the Slippery Rock, but, you know, some <laughs> some schools somewhere that, you know, maybe doesn't have a Steph Curry on the roster, you go, well, how can I score? And you go, well, everybody's got a big guy. You know, everybody can find someone that used right. to play tight end or you maybe should have played tight end um, and do that. But that is a good question, and it's definitely interesting because, you know, I, I think you look at a guy like Garza, who is, you know, undoubtedly in terms of his ability to produce – one of the best basketball players uh, in the country, but you look at where he might go in the draft and you look at sort of how the NBA is playing right now and you go, you know, I'm not really sure where he fits into that equation, um, but certainly, you know, he, he's a plenty capable player and is, is more big men in the, in the NBA sort of change the game a little bit, even if there's only two or three of them. Uh, who knows? Maybe the pendulum will swing back the other way. Fifteen years ago, Garza's a lottery pick now, and I don't. it's debatable as to whether he does get picked. I mean, that's what's so interesting about how much has changed in 15 years. Uh, you did a great job of reporting on the facilities, the vote, and so forth, and the money that's going to be put into Penn State football facilities. I'm sure you saw the 24-7 sports survey, and they do this every year. This is an annual thing of the top 25 uh, facilities in, in college football, and this is a particular year where Penn State's not on the, this list. What was your opinion uh, as to the need for the facility at Penn State based on the renditions you've seen and also on the allocation of money for it? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, college football in particular is in an arms race where if you want to be Ohio State, you want to be Alabama, you want to be Clemson, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. The whole idea that you can just build a program off of feeling good about each other and, and sort of not having anything to show for it you know maybe in an ideal world that's how it works out that you're you just kind of you know win because it doesn't really matter what the, the player lounge looks like but at the end of the day all of this stuff matters in recruiting all of it matters with perception and you know i i understand both sides of the argument i do think that when you look at you know the financial situations that all of these athletic departments are in and penn state's certainly right there mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the, the pandemic you go is this a good use of our funds but i think at the same time you know it's a pretty easy argument to make that you know end of the day penn state football pays for itself it pays for everything else and it makes money you've got to invest to make money um so i think in the long run you know it's going to be interesting to see how much they can transition away from some of the loans they've taken out and how much of that they can raise uh, through uh, philanthropy and what have you. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to win, if you want to be what Penn State wants to be, um, and, and they're certainly close, you're going to have to spend money. And, and oftentimes when you spend money on something like Penn State football, uh, you get that return in more ways than one. Right, and that's that's interesting because, I mean, it's all about timing. Now, look, a lot has been done to the Lash building, all right? So a lot has been done, locker room, player area, and so forth. This is additional stuff that they want to put into for training room, expanded weight room, and some other items along the way. So pre-pandemic, they started getting a lot done. And this top 25, I mean, this is like all a matter of timing, Ben. I mean, the timing was a lot of these people already had spent their money on doing this when the money was flowing in in the past decade. So it's a lot of it's timing. Yeah, for sure. And I also think to a certain extent, you know, I, I agree with the general premise that people have that Penn State has to improve its facilities. But I also think, I mean, you've been in there. 
probably more than I have, but certainly uh, we've seen all the rooms in that building, and the last building is not exactly um, a, a bad-looking building at no, this no. point. Like, I think there's, no. there's certainly a perception online that the last building still has phone banks and pay phones, and you know, that might have <laughs> been true 10 years ago or right. so, but you know, that, that building has come a long way. There's a lot of really nice things in there. We've both been in the player lounge. It's quite nice. Um, I remember the first time that I saw it, they were trying to keep it sort of a secret because they they didn't want other people to know, you know, sort of what they had in there. But, you know, any building that's got a golf simulator in it, you can say they're doing pretty well from themselves. But there's no, <laughs> there's no doubt that, uh, you know, some of this is timing. And certainly when all these uh, upgrades are done, you know, people are going to have a different opinion of the Lash building uh, that they do right now. Ben, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. We'll see you tonight. Yep. Thanks for having me, Steve. And it's 7 o'clock tonight, 6.30 the airtime, senior ceremony from 5.45 to 6. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on the show. Tomorrow, Nate Davis, Fran Fischilla tomorrow, Phil Bork coming up on Friday on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. It's amazing when you construct a team. I talk all the time about everybody going at their own pace. I mean, everybody has their own clock. And you just don't know when the clock is going to kick in for somebody. For example, Lamar Stevens was good right away and just got better and better as time went. Um, then there's some guys where the first couple of years are there. It's kind of nondescript. I always use the example of Bruce Blake. I remember asking Bruce Parkhill when Bruce was a freshman. I was at practice one day, about halfway through the season. Looked over at Bruce and said, "What do you think?" I said, "What do you think of Bruce Blake and you know where he is in his development?" And he said, "Well, he said right now, you know, he, he, just a couple minutes here and there." He said, "But by the time he gets to be a junior, I think he's got a chance to be really good." But when he became a junior, Bruce Blake became a really good college basketball player. Everybody has their own clock. It's not appreciated by many who want instant gratification. But now you look at this particular senior class, John Hara. His senior year is the best year of his career. He's developed into a, you know, he always had the work ethic. He was always the guy diving on the floor. He is also the guy that has developed an inside game, has become a terrific defender, outstanding rebounder. Jamari Wheeler. Always has been a terrific defender. Has always played that point guard spot like a corner plays football. Sees the passing lane, anticipates, gets a jump. But offensively, while being a good passer and seeing the floor relatively well, he's never been a great shooter until this year. He's become a he has become not great, but he's become a good shooter. He's become a good shooter. Trent Buttrick has had to play out of position. He probably is a a, a three. But he's had to play four and five based on what Penn State's needs happen to be. Grew up in Bloomsburg, played some high school ball in Florida, came back up here, and has bulked up his body. He has had to go nose-to-nose with Kofi Coburn. He's had to go nose-to-nose with Luca Garza. And you know what? He has played hard and at times has played well. And he's turned in the best games of his career this season. Taylor Nussbaum is a walk-on. Here for the love of the game. The love of the game. And uh, obviously getting 
His degree is critical, but he's the kind of guy in practice you need. He fills he fills a valuable role in practice. Invaluable. So in other words, I see him play all the time. And then there's Kyle McCluskey. You know, his mom and dad are both Penn State student-athlete graduates. His dad, of course, was on the 82 National Championship team as a tight end. Started out as a quarterback at Villanova. Then last year was going to transfer, decided to come back. This guy is absolutely invaluable to the success of any program. He's only played in five games, so how can you see that? Watch, you see, I get to see him practice. I get to see what he does in practice and how he makes the, the what the blue team work. Oh, and by the way, the freshman you haven't seen much of this year due to circumstances, who do you think on off days has been organizing them to get in the gym and they work out together? Kyle McCloskey. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, Great new inventory. Maybe the budget says pre-owned inventory. Maybe it's what you prefer. Well, go to a place that has a great wide selection and go to a place that guarantees it with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. That's Sunbury Motors. Sales staff that works with you and a service department that really does do a great job of taking care of if it's tough they can do it and do it well but they also take care of the routine and they do it to the highest level and that's you know that maintain your that maintains your vehicle for the life of it it's all at Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com what a guest list the next couple of days. We, you know, we usually, I mean, and Matt's really responsible for this. We just we come up with a with an ever changing guest list all the time. That we try to stay ahead of what's going on, and this is a good example of it. Nate Davis tomorrow, three thirty-five Patriot tournament coming up. Fran Fischilla. I've said once. I've said probably. 15, 20 times in the show. He's one of those guys that when I either talk to him one-on-one or I listen to him on TV, he's one of those guys that I know knows exactly what he's talking about. That is not an empty suit as an analyst by a wide margin. And he'll be on with us tomorrow at 4.06. And then the old 2-9er, Phil Bork, on the never-ending Flyers-Penguin series. He'll be at 4.06, and then the King joins us at 4.35 with more picks. How did the picks go this week? A little bit better. You were 5-2. and two. King and I were 4-3. and three. So the King won four more than the last time out. That is correct. Right. <laughs> well and done. you have a four-game lead on me as we speak. Really a reason to live. I knew they'd be one. All right. <laughs> Now let's get to something that's serious, and it affects your team. Yankees manager Aaron Boone taking an immediate leave of absence to have surgery to get a pacemaker. 
Uh, Aaron Boone is 47. He had open-heart surgery in 2009. He had mild symptoms of lightheadedness. He had some low energy, shortness of breath in the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months. He said further tests in New York prior to spring training indicated he had a low heart rate. It did uh, necessitate surgery, and it was performed uh, today at St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa. Well, this is the first I'm hearing about this. Oh, boy. Right. Uh, Fourth season as the Yankee manager. He says he wants to get back to work in several days. Uh, No word on who's running the club. I believe, is it Carlos Mendoza's the bench coach? And I know Phil Nevin's on the staff, and Phil Nevin's managed before. So I don't know who's running the club in his absence. They didn't say. Uh, But he's looking forward to getting back to work in the next several days. Now, for those of you who have watched Penn State basketball, you've actually, in a couple of games this season, seen a coach on the sideline also with a pacemaker who also was an athlete at the highest level. Aaron Boone, obviously, was in the major leagues for many years. He hit the game-winning home run in Game 7 of the 2003 American League Championship Series to beat the Red Sox. So he performed at the highest level. Well, you just saw a guy coach in the Jordan Center and then in Lincoln that also the same thing, played in the NBA. Terrific college player, played in the NBA, good in the NBA, and has been a really good coach. Fred Hoiberg has has a pacemaker. And Fred Hoiberg's issues go back to when he was younger. He's uh, It deals with his aorta. And something that, you know, if when ne- Nebraska went on the pause, part of that was Fred Hoiberg getting COVID. And he woke up at like 2 in the morning and felt all wrong in his chest cavity. With everything he's been through in his life, he was scared. And it turned out everything worked out okay. He got through it, and it's fine. But Fred Hoiberg has a pacemaker. And you see him on the sideline, whether it was coaching at Iowa State, coaching with the Chicago Bulls, now coaching with Nebraska. And that's what Aaron Boone is hoping this accomplishes, that he can have it, he can regulate and he'll be fine in the dugout. That is the news of the day. So you didn't know about that, huh? Yeah, no, I didn't know until you just talked about it. That's that's concerning, you nor- but... You, you normally follow every pitch of spring training. <laughs> yeah, this one slipped through the cracks. Yeah, this is, this is something to keep an eye on. We'll... We'll see. I, look, I, this is something, where, yes, to keep an eye on, yes. But the reason I brought up the Fred Hoiberg story was to indicate to you that, look, you do the procedure, things can turn out just fine, and you can get back to doing what you were doing before. And Fred Hoiberg's coaching, and Aaron Boone's case managing. So that's why I brought up Fred's story, because... Uh, it, it sounds daunting, but it doesn't mean you can't return to a normal life in a short period of time. And I'm sure that we have people in the audience themselves who have pacemakers. Let's see. Uh, Phillies won today. This is a seven-inning game. They beat the Tigers 4-2. to two. 
down at spring training. Had a four-run third. Andrew Knapp doubled uh, the knock in a run. Miller singled, knocked in McCutcheon. Uh, D.D. Gregorius was able to knock in a run as well in the game. Uh, Ivan Nova pitched in one. He went two innings, struck out two, walked two. Let's see. Let's see. McCutcheon went one for two. Miller went one for three. Knapp went one for two. Jankowski was the DH. He went two for two. Eflin started, went two innings, gave up one hit, struck out three, didn't walk anybody. Nova went two, struck out two, walked two. Rondon went one, struck out one, didn't walk anybody, gave up a run and a hit. Hale went one, gave up nothing. Danny Hale struck out one, walked one, and Parkinson then pitched the seventh inning, gave up three hits, a run, struck out two, didn't walk anybody. So there's your base box score on the game today. By the way, there is an update. It is Carlos Mendoza who will take over as the Yankees' interim manager while Booney is out. Um, Brian Cashman and, said... And, and, and again, your ability to not trust me. <laughs> and Cashman says Aaron can return in as little as 48 to 72 hours. Yep. And Boone has been Zooming and shooting videos for the players and coaches from his hospital bed. <laughs> So there you go. So it looks like this is just a little sum to take care of, and they'll be back. Uh, meanwhile, Tampa Bay. See, you just don't trust me. I tell you who I think the manager's <laughs> going to be, you know, and you, you feel like you've got a scoop, and it's like, I already said that. That is a guess, but, you know, I mean, Might sometimes. be one of the two, you know, the two guys you just mentioned. You know, it's, he's the bench coach. Normally the bench coach is the guy that takes over these days. Uh, Tampa Bay beat the Pirates 3-1. to Pirates had two hits, but they were two really good ones. Goodwin, who's trying to win the center field job, had one. And Stokes, who was destined for the minors, also had one. Cool. Austin Meadows, a former Pirate, homered. <laughs> of course words he did. That, words that you'll be hearing a lot this year. Former Pirate, homered. Let's see. Yankees and Blue Jays play tonight, 635. Let's see. Let's say who's uh, starting tonight. Uh, I don't think it shows who's starting tonight. Doesn't really matter. Let's see. Hold on. Yankee. Yankee lineup. LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Torres, Gardner, Sanchez, Bruce. And Dietrich. There's your lineup tonight against Toronto. That's your team, a.k.a. them. Uh, let's see. Meanwhile, let's see. The Red Sox won. The Orioles won 8-1. to This is for you, Dick and Milton. Okay? Orioles won 8-1, to scored one in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, four in the seventh, won 8-1 to over Atlanta. Very nice. Good win for the O's there. Hayes had two hits. Stewart had a hit. Cisco had a hit. Wins had a hit. Former first round, first overall pick. Rushman had a hit. He was the DH today. McCoy had a hit. Jonesy had two hits. And LeBlanc pitched the opening two, won it. Staff struck out six, walked two. Good day for them.
And last but not least, the Red Sox and Twins both play in Fort Myers, so they'll play each other 212 times in the spring. <laughs> we can't have them going anywhere. Red Sox won 14-6. to Eight-run fourth inning. Normally that does it for you. An eight-run fourth inning normally is the ticket to winning. I usually like a team in that spot. Nick Pavetta started for the Red Sox today. Former Phil. Yeah. How about that? It doesn't it doesn't hurt when you're backed up by JD Martinez, who was two for three. There you go. So that's what happened. Bobby Dalbach hit two home runs today. He went two for three. He's probably going to be the first baseman for them. So there you go. There's some little spring training. LeBron is not going to play, by the way, against Sacramento. It's the first game he's missed this season. That's one thing. You know what? I'll say look, I... Once again, cool. <laughs> no, but no, but no, but this is what I'll say about LeBron. LeBron does not miss games. LeBron, right, he's played a lot of 82-game seasons. Now, you know, what, the Lakers were going nowhere. They shut him down a couple of years ago. Okay. And they were they were they were not going to make the playoffs. That's fine. But this guy has always played, and guess what? They've never I don't recall them ever doing load management with LeBron, do you? I don't I don't think they've ever done load management with him. I mean not that I remember. I no, because he just plays. Hey, look, this guy played in the Olympics three times. He was on the 14, the 8 team, and the 12 team. Now, in 8 and 12, remember, he went to the NBA Finals. Well, guess what? That's a lot more basketball you've got to play in the summertime instead of getting time off, and he still played for the country. I mean, when I'm critical of him, I'm not critical of his stances or anything. Well, I mean, the only one I was critical of was the China one. And the reason I was was this because it was affecting his bottom line. He was putting out... Uh, now, Space Jam 2 has not come out, has it? It hasn't been released. I don't think Space Jam 2 has been released. It's been done, but it hasn't been released. Now, whenever you release a motion picture these days, what is a critical market to be in? You know, obviously, the U.S. market is critical. But... Guess what? It's a big money maker and a difference maker for motion pictures is the market in China. And of course, because of his personal interest was in play, he wasn't that critical of what was going on in Hong Kong at the time. I mean, so I've been critical of that, but for the most part, my my issue with him in terms of like opinions is not that he gives them, is that everybody seems to, at a press conference he gets asked all the time and they hang on every word. It's like, look, you can agree with some and disagree with others. It's okay to do both. It's almost like people are afraid to disagree with him. It's okay to disagree with him. He's disagreeing with you. That seems to be okay. And there are a lot of things I agree with him on. What's the difference? They're just opinions. That's only been my criticism. My criticism is how he's covered. Oh, did you already had to say? I'm like, well, you know, no. I heard what my wife had to say. <laughs> I made sure I listened to that. <laughs> I mean, that's. You know, did you listen to Lisa? Of now, course I, I think. I think. I think if I ask her, she'll she'll say no. <laughs> but 
Uh, Alabama wants 100% in the stadium, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And as you know, Texas and Mississippi became the first two states to say, hey, we're going back 100%, uh, no mask mandate, any of that stuff. They're not going to do it. Uh, I think March, is it March the 10th? Is the date the two are targeting? I don't know off the top of my head, but it, I, it's, it is within You're the next the few days guy. or so. You're the news guy. <laughs> does the sports guy have to know the date? The news guy does. <laughs> my goodness. Oh. Lawrence would be so disappointed. Yeah, probably. Lawrence, no, Lawrence is Googling it right now. What <laughs> 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 date? All right. We'll come back with more in a moment. Wrap it up. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Uh, the soup being inspired by words while getting a bathrobe. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like I've just frightened the audience. Yeah, let's let's just stop right there. <laughs> uh, uh, and I think he would tell you the same thing on the second reference. Well, no, I mean, what you know, I, I give him credit. Even he's frightened. All right, so it's. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, when is the first Bucknell football game? March 13th at home. The first two games are at home. Last two are on the road. And then Patriot League title game would be a week or two after that. Suit and Doug together again. And on your new home for Bucknell football, 100.9 the Valley. Great signal. They deserve that. No, seriously. Great signal. They deserve that. That's fabulous. And, uh, you know, Doug's anxious to work with the suit again because he wants to get out there and do football. By the third quarter, that will wane. Uh, All right. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever heard. Doug referred to the suit as his hero. Others he has, but yeah, I know that the one call he made against what I, was it Colgate last year, where he said no good was inspired by the suit. No. No good. No good. No good. 
Your broadcasts are. Mackenzie, <laughs> you, sir, are my hero. I'm telling you, okay? If you're a Bucknell fan, that stirs the juices, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Doesn't it stir the juices? Doug's that good. I I'm hope we hear big, something like that coming up this Saturday when the men I'm are at Lafayette. Big, I'm a big Doug Birdsog fan. Huge. I think he is marvelous at what he does. You know, and, and overcomes in football, I mean, an obvious obstacle. So, um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Bucknell's Kevin, got Fordham. Kevin, Kevin, you're the analyst. You have to give it back to Doug. Yes. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, you're the analyst. You have to give it back. And Doug's so polite. Like, they'll be like three plays later, Doug will get to talk again. It's like, okay. <laughs> Let me recap where we were. <laughs> it's like Lindsey Nelson doing Notre Dame football. You know, the suit's done analyzing the play. And then Doug says, after an exchange of puns, we go to further action. <laughs> Yeah, so as of right now, Saturday the 13th, Bucknell hosts Fordham at 2. Then okay. they host Lafayette at 1, March 20th. 27th, they have a noon kickoff at Lehigh. And then April 3rd, to be determined at Holy Cross. Well, I can't wait to talk to Dave Giacchini. Yes, yeah. we'll get we'll get him on too once can't we wait get to, everything can't wait away. to talk to him. Get him in there. Me We're too. Gonna get Nate, we're gonna get Nate on tomorrow. Now, what's the story with the women's basketball tournament? Everything's all good to go. Women host Loyola Maryland Sunday at four for the quarterfinals, and there's it's only eight teams because Navy and Colgate have opted out. Right, right. So they win this, they'll go to San Antonio. Correct. Three wins. Uh, three, three wins, wins away. They'll be yep. there. Three wins, then they'll they'll go to San Antonio. Number one seed as well. And then the men have Lafayette coming up. We'll talk to Nate about that tomorrow. We'll talk to Fran Fraschilla tomorrow. Phil Bork, the king, on Friday. Our thanks to Ben Jones today, Bob Grove today, to Matt, to Matt Leon, who joined us earlier. I'm Steve Jones, back in 90 minutes from the Jordan Center as the Nittany Lions take on Minnesota. Senior night here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors.